0: Happy Thanksgiving, two thousand nineteen. It's the Rook here. You're listening to a Best of Garage Logic podcast, which, of course, will not be a numbered podcast. And uh, this goes back to two thousand sixteen. The uh, the political scene was being set up, and Joe had some some thoughts about the election, who his candidate was or was not, and just some of the behavior of voters, not only in Garage Logic but across the country. You're listening to a best of Garage Logic, brought to you in part by Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. You're looking for a Christmas tree? You're looking for some spruce tops? They got it all for you. And of course, hopefully, you've already purchased your shovel because the snow is everywhere. You are listening to a best of Garage Logic Thanksgiving podcast. Let's go back to 2016 with Sooch.
1: Clinton Camp is at a number of emails that have been discovered, leaked, whatever word you want to use. And whether that is uh, kosher or not is a different topic. The fact is they, they're there for people to read now. Mm-hmm. And the headline on the Washington Times is Clinton campaign mocks Catholic Southerners needy Latinos in emails. And that's a very long, uh, well-written piece. Uh, but I can condense it because the uh, Wall Street Journal, conveniently enough for me, uh editorialized about it in an editorial called anti-catholics for clinton it's no secret that progressive elites despise religion but it's still striking to see their contempt expressed so bluntly is in the leaked email claims that, the, that include Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. The source for these documents is WikiLeaks. The Clinton campaign will not confirm or deny their authenticity, and Mr. Podesta is implying that Russian intelligence hacked his email to help Donald Trump. Maybe so, and these hacks should be met with a forceful U.S. response. But the emails are now in the public domain, and the left celebrated WikiLeaks that damaged the U.S. effort in Afghanistan. The emails show that in 2011, Mr. Podesta and Jennifer Palmieri, who is now a senior Clinton campaign official, received a note from the Center for American Progress colleague, John Halpin. Mr. Halpin notes a media report that our News Corporation superiors, Executive uh, Chairman Rupert Murdoch and CEO Robert Thompson, raised their kids Catholic. Mr. Halpin observes that many leading conservatives are Catholic and opines that they must be attracted to the systematic thought and severely backwards gender relations. Ms. Palmieri responds, I imagine they think it is the most socially acceptable politically conservative religion. Their rich friends wouldn't understand if they became in evangelicals. This is a window into the intolerant, secular soul of the Democratic establishment and perhaps explains why it has done so little to accommodate requests for religious liberty from the Little Sisters of the Poor. Let me stop right there. No, I'll come back to the Little Sisters. Team Clinton apparently views religion merely as a justification people adopt for their views on politics and gender. Don't Clinton campaign advisors think it's at least possible that a person might be motivated by sincere belief? Mr. Halpin's response to Ms. Palmieri was, excellent point. They can throw around Thomistic Thought and subsidiarity and sound sophisticated because no one knows what the hell they're talking about. I do. It's been a while and I had to do some homework. I had to dust off some (laughs) thoughts. It's been a while since I was in Aquinas Hall at St. Thomas. Thomistic Thought is the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay. Uh, They're very basic. The Wall Street Journal writes, we'll leave Thompson to the theologians, but subsidiarity is a concept that the left would do well to consider. You know what subsidiarity is? You have a vague idea. We've talked about it before. We just didn't call it subsidiarity. Mm -hmm. It's the concept that the left would do well to consider. It is the idea that social problems are best addressed by the nearest and smallest competent authority rather than by a faraway large state. Individual acts of charity can be highly effective, but the Clinton platform sees virtue only in a centralized bureaucracy sending out welfare checks regardless of results. All right. Let me get heavy here. Here's the stuff I dusted off. I've been stumbling around for 10 years trying to nail down what it is we've been calling the mystery. Okay. But it's been nagging at us for 10 years. Something's going on. Right. Something that doesn't feel right is going on. I wouldn't even necessarily limit it to the Democratic Party. I would assign it to the political class. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me just give you a bit of a Thomistic thought. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas adhered to some Neoplatonic principles. For example, and most crucially, it is absolutely true that there is first something which is essentially being and essentially good, which we call God. That's what progressives find amusing. That's what progressives find amusing. Now, here's how I can apply it to the mystery. We were founded by guys that mysterians have demonized. We were founded by white guys who had faith. Mm -hmm. They founded us in the belief that there are rights to which we are naturally entitled, inalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That those rights don't come from man. They can't. We are naturally entitled to them because they have been given to us. By what the founders believed to be God. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. The Mysterians believe those rights have to come from man, which is another way of saying those rights have to come from the state. There's the mystery. That's what's been changing. What's been changing is the belief that our naturally entitled rights do not come from a deity. They come from man himself, and therefore it is man that will begin to define what rights you can have and what you can't, including the ones to which we are naturally entitled, life, abortion, liberty, rules and regulations, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the mystery. I've been been wandering for years, and it's, it's finally dawning on me what What these, we shall be governed by elites who will determine for us what our essential rights are. That's the mystery. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? It makes complete sense.
0: I'm letting it soak in.
1: The progressives. They they mock Thomistic thought, they mock subsidiarity. These are simple points. Thomistic thought is basically there is a God. Well, the founders bought that. The founders bought that. That's why they founded us. They founded us in the belief that we have no business assigning which rights people might enjoy. There are certain of them that are inalienable. We are naturally entitled to them because they come from on high, they are goodness, they are good. And we've had nothing to do with with creating them. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The progressives come along, the mysterians who have been chipping away at this for 100 years, and now have as their champion a woman who is power-hungry, money-hungry, and dismissive of people of faith. Dismissive of people of faith. Finding them amusing, Clinton advisors would also rather force the church to accept their teachings. In 2012, activist Sandy Newman emailed Mr. Podesta to say there needs to be a Catholic spring in which Catholics themselves demand the end of a Middle Ages dictatorship, as if people are forced to believe at the point of a gun. Mr. Podesta responds with an update on what he's been doing to prepare for a moment like this. This disdain for people of faith helps explain today's political polarization and why so many people are willing to support a blunt, avenging force like Trump. Religious Americans know that much of the political establishment detests them. Imagine the media bonfire if emails surfaced from the Trump campaign with similar comments about Islam. But the anti-Catholic emails have received little media attention, to which I will add, and they won't receive any. To the progressives who dominate American culture and politics, anti-Christian views are the most socially acceptable form of bigotry. You want another irony that I I had to discover in my dusting out the cobwebs of my uh, long-ago education? Yeah, lay it on me. St. Thomas Aquinas believed that truth is to be accepted no matter where it is found. His doctrines draw from Greek, Roman, Jewish, and... Muslim philosophers huh. Specifically he was a realist That is he unlike the skeptics Believed that the world can be known As it is he largely followed Aristotelian terminology And metaphysics and wrote comprehensive Commentaries on Aristotle Often affirming Aristotle's views With independent arguments Thomas respectfully referred to Aristotle Simply as the philosopher And here's the key sentence And this is, this is what is being mocked inside the campaign of clinton he saint thomas aquinas also adhered some to some neo-Platonic principles for example that it is absolutely true that there is first something which is essentially being and essentially good which we call god and that everything can be called good and a being in as much as it participates in it by way of a certain assimilation. The mystery is, and what what a challenge it is to ward it off. The mystery is the belief that our rights should be assigned to us, not from on high, but from the political elites who will run the government. The reason we've enjoyed being America is because of those rights to which we have been naturally entitled. You can't get to where this country has gotten to without having those natural given rights. You can't get to where this country has been without the free pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And now we face a future in which the mystery would disabuse us of the notion that those rights are ours naturally. No, those rights will have to come from us. That's the mystery. I've been stumbling for
0: 10 years trying to figure it out. That's what it is. You feel better like a big... uh burden has been lifted somewhat now we have to do something about it Uh, we must do something about it i Mm -hmm. have no Uh idea what i know exactly what to do about it how about a nice dinner at jack's cafe it's the rook here yeah you could settle a lot uh whether you're with co-workers whether you're with loved ones or whether it's just date night jack's cafe can certainly accommodate they're online at jackscafe.com j-a-x-c-a-f-e.com and when I'm talking about a great meal, if you are on a date night, it's the perfect, perfect situation. Head over to Jackson, Northeast Minneapolis on 19th and University and ask specifically for the GL Rookie Date Night VIP menu. For about 100 bucks, including a bottle of wine, you get a four-course meal for two. It is a wonderful meal. You know, I'll tell you what, Jack's has such a great history. Three generations, decades and decades and decades of providing fine dining and, of course, private dining facilities as well. Yeah, if you're going to have that Christmas party, the office party, or maybe it's a wedding, full-blown family reunion, they can accommodate up to 300 guests. They have the facilities. They've housed a sports talk remote, for crying out loud. They know what they're doing. So if you have a date night or if you have a party to plan, just like I did. I think the Royce's are spending Thanksgiving at Jack's Cafe. Our credit union, uh, our board is uh, spending our Christmas party there, and so many others. Office parties for law offices. I've seen the emails. dot JacksCafe.com. Give them a buzz. 612-789-7297. The rookie VIP date night menu. Or maybe it's just that party. You're going to have a great time, a great experience. And check out the back patio because it is ready for... For the holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, etc., Hanukkah, whatever the case may be, Jack's Cafe, J A X C A F E.com, and don't forget to tell them that the Rook sent you. Kelly?
2: Hey, Joe. Hi. So you're telling everybody, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, I guess so I am. A,
2: a, a day worthy of opening the, the third stall on the garage, firing up the 67 Triumph? <laughs> Hitting the, hitting the siren and then fixing the bubble right on top, and away you go. Yeah. But now, but you're caught with no horse. I know. What do you propose?
1: I'm caught with no candidate.
2: Well, yeah, you. But now we're not. We're all uh, never Hillary.
1: Is this no, the, no, the no, answer no, to the mystery? No, no, no. Never no, Hillary. No, no, no. I did not say that. Let me. Let me, Here, I'll hang you up and keep listening. Call back if you Thank must. You. I don't believe that the Clinton people are out to eliminate Catholicism or Presbyterianism or Lutheranism or Southern Baptists or or Jehovah's Witnesses or what have you. And I think I said earlier, I find this true of the political class, that what we're experiencing is an attempt by the political class, most principally their Mysterian foot soldiers, to undo the idea that there are certain rights to which we are naturally entitled. They would replace that with, you are only entitled to the rights that we divine, that humans come up for you. Listen to the rhetoric of the political class. We want to improve your life. We want to help you. We want... I don't want your help. No, I don't want your help. That's what subsidiarity is supposed to be. The smallest competent entity should be addressing problems, not the larger faraway state. I don't know what uh, uh, if if the caller was uh, a Hillary uh, supporter or not. I I'm not a never anybody. There are never Trumpers, never Hillary's. I, I, I have, I'm, neither, I'm interested in neither of them. Neither of them understand what I just said, but, particularly Trump, who I'm quite certain maybe does not know how to read. But Hillary maybe understands what I just said, but wouldn't doubt it because she wants to go down that road. To her, the greatest form of government would be the one that is all-encompassing and all-entailing and therefore that much larger. So I think what Americans are facing is a future in which those rights to which we are naturally entitled because they don't come from a person, those will be replaced by rights that can only come from people, the government. And that would be the end of this country, and thus that would be the completion of the mystery. And then what? We just uh, implode and have to start all over again? We'd be a completely different country. We'd be some quasi-European state. We'd we wouldn't we would we would not be what we are today. Mm. And and think of the examples we've had over the years when we've wrestled with what this is—the destruction of history. You can't have that little uh, cross symbol on the, uh, San Diego? Uh, on the on the Los Angeles County seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this chipping away. At, well, what is it? It's a chipping away at the idea that we are entitled to certain rights because they come from God. I, I, you know, I'm not. I, I, I sound like it. I'm I'm not a terribly uh, theological person. I
0: just happen. You're to- Not a Bible thumper.
1: I'm not a Bible thumper. I, I, uh, I, you know, I'm a believer. And I believe that those rights of mine came to me, not from a government. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it it's sadness. It's, it's uh, utter sadness to see them so under attack. And then you get these emails in which these elite fools are laughing at us. They're laughing at people of faith. They're, they doubt that people of faith don't know what Thomistic thought is or subsidiarity means. This is a this is the, the look into the holy secular soul of the political class. So what what do we do about it? Well, some great American's going to have to come out of the woods and uh, lead us back into the promised land because without that, uh, the future uh, doesn't look terribly promising. Garage logic will be back short.
3: Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Academy Group. The big just keep getting bigger and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in January, February, or March and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account get the attention you deserve with the canopy group visit the canopy or call 800-967-3389 800-967-3389
0: need another minute or two on my highfalutin tirade well you know people are always tuning in and tuning out well i'm not starting the whole no, thing. no out. no no give, give me a recap give the me a founders recap.
1: wanted to have a country where the political class husbanded the rights to which we were naturally entitled, that they were caretakers of those rights. Mm -hmm. They did not envision the political class appropriating those rights. They believed accountability to God. I don't want to be accountable to Al Franken or Betty McCollum or Mark Dayton or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or Mitt Romney or uh, anybody Harry. no i i know where i'm accountable and this subsidiarity which word probably didn't exist when the founders were gathered in the unair conditioned hotel rooms in Philadelphia that's that's what they had in mind that your problems shall be solved basically on your own and if not on your own with the smallest competent entity that could help you get the job done sounds like garage logic not this giant thing that we now have that's that's the end of my uh, that's the end of my speech i
0: don't even think it's a speech i think it's just just a minute an observation that uh, no i
1: think i think that that, that finally just a minute I had no idea I was going to be this good today. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, think, to I think that... I think that... Um, I think it's the closest we've come to uh, finally arriving at the most meaningful definition of the mystery. I think it's the, the final... I think it's that's the mystery. That, yes, a different country will be brought about because rights which we once were naturally entitled, uh, will become the province of humans to dole out. And and it's not exactly. their business to dole them that out. That doesn't work. No, that's not their business that doesn't to work. dole them out.
0: <clears throat> I got
1: another complaint as long as I'm
0: at it. Are you okay?
1: You know what you start seeing at this time of year?
0: He- healthy Halloween treats to give the kids. You know what
4: I say? Here's what I... Well, exactly. Is- right.
1: Hey, hey, hey. They're not supposed to
4: be healthy. I am so glad you are bringing this Why up. Why do you
1: think these kids dress up and go door to door? They want candy. They, want they don't Kit want cats. your homemade tofu yogurt crap.
4: Salted nut rolls. She, uh, she wanted to me. hand out raisins. No. And no. I said, do you want the house to get egged? Are you nuts? Right.
0: You want to you wanna have uh, on the block when kids walk by your home in April, they say, Boy, we get good stuff there. They give out great candy. What
4: website is this? I don't know. You remember the places that give out the full-size candy bars. Yeah, well, for
0: me, you had to go to Summit or River Road for that stuff. You'll see a lot of these stories. Are you looking
1: for some alternatives to all that Halloween candy? You know the other thing we're going to get? Dentists who will offer bounty for kids to bring in the candy.
0: Yep. See you, (laughs) dentist. Are you looking for some... Alternatives
1: to all that Halloween candy? Here are some healthy ideas for Halloween snacks.
0: Apple nachos. Um, I can't imagine <laughs> how fast I would reject that as a child and say, Apple what nachos. else you got? Banana oatmeal crumb muffins with avocado. I'd rather have you play the piano. <laughs> yeah. Is there a choice here? Can I? Can you tell me a joke or something? Pumpkin granola. Granola should never be given out for Halloween ever monster, in any shape or form
1: monster apple mouths Nope. anytime you got to preheat an oven to <laughs> right. 300 <Yep>. degrees <laughs> yep. it's out to get a kid a snack for halloween it's out you're going down the wrong road yes you let the kid reach in there and pull out the worst possible uh chocolate bar that money can buy
0: right that's all you need to do yeah here you go kid there you go. good luck Oh, here's
1: a plum. <laughs>
0: right, if you if you're gonna bake something, have that for your own Halloween party, not for trick or treaters going from home here, to home. Here,
1: here's some yogurt. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, right. Here's some yogurt back at you. Yeah, I got your yogurt right here, you <laughs> fat little. <laughs> or, or when the when the they take their own cellophane bags and say, "Here's how much candy I, you should have." You know, they put it in there and give it out. No, it's either a hand grab or you pass out, you know, fun size. And this or, is your field of expertise. You want to give out good candy. You're, you, this is right in your wheelhouse. This house. is where you go to Sam's Club. Yeah. And right. this is where you go. Why don't they advertise with us? I don't know. They should. I'm a member. I've been yeah. a member forever. I'm not a member. Oh. Will you take me there someday? I would. Yeah. That's where you can get great chocolate-covered almonds,
4: um, almonds that we eat here. You know, the newsman has a, an employee of said place <laughs> in yeah. his home. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's. I mean, we can do that too. Yeah. But
1: isn't that where I can buy a bag of M and M's and car tires?
4: Yeah.
0: Yes. I love that. You know. Yeah. I need and a then bumper
1: get, for my car. Right.
0: And some jeans. And then get no fewer than <laughs> four pounds of butter in one. Yeah. Package. And a
4: five-gallon bucket of soft scrub. Right. Dude. You need
0: some mayo. Hey, I got a gallon in aisle seven for <laughs> okay, you. Listen to this: banana oatmeal
1: crunch muffins with avocado. Nope. One Why ta- was avocado? One tablespoon flax meal, three mm. ripe bananas, three ounces vanilla yogurt, one cup organic sugar, one half avocado peeled, pitted, and mashed, mm. uh, one cup white whole wheat flour, two scoops protein powder. Are you kidding me? No.
0: The kid should ralph all over your stoop. The kid would reject it and say, you know what, kids? Do not go to this house.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right. That kid's going somewhere else. That kid else. is
1: not going to eat a right. muffin
0: that kid's not with gonna, avocado in He's going to reject raisins as well, I can guarantee you absolutely.
1: that. Oh, you mean Joel. Joel, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. When I was a
3: kid,
2: um, I would go trick-or-treating in Bloomington. And about four blocks over from where I lived was Portland Avenue.
1: Okay, quickly, please.
2: Okay, and on Portland Avenue, there was one creepy house on a corner on an intersection, and nobody ever went there. Well, one year, some kids went there, and some old guy shuffled to the door and handed out, like, old Lego pieces with cigarette burns on them and stuff. And the older older kids who came to the door, he'd shuffle back to his his little, uh, like, bookshelf, and he'd grab a couple firecrackers and give them to them. And the kid and none, none of the you know the kids didn't put that in the bag of candy they put them in a pocket
1: and they never told the parents all right thank so, you I gotta run but thank you how do you confuse Joel for Hansel? Yeah, okay, it's Thanksgiving Day, you're going to have plenty of turkey left over, but you want to add to the uh, festivities over the weekend, get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Because you know what, after a few dozen uh, tryptophan hits of turkey, something else is going to sound good to you, like a <laughs> oven-ready meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, they also have the high-temp cheese and uh, spices for venison sausage making. We're in the heart of the deer season.
0: I swear by the pastrami, Joe. Oh, they got homemade pastrami
1: and smoked salmon and double smoke hams and double smoke ham and bacon and the always wonderful selection of 130 pork brat. Flavors; Those are lean pork brats. They must be grilled, and GLers grill during the winter. They cannot be boiled. But it has become the GLers Meat Palace. It's the Meat Bazaar. It's Grundhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it because there's a big GL sign flashing in red right out front.
0: Since Joe broke the glass with um, his Grunhofer spot, let's talk about uh, the meal. The meal on Thanksgiving plate management and heap management. Let's start with heap management on Thanksgiving 2019. You're listening to a best of garage logic podcast.
1: I got two uncles in a very serious my uncle Jimmy and my uncle Paul. I would like to put uh, I would like to act in the role of your trainer, okay? I'd like to put you in an eating concert against those two because I have never seen plates piled as high as Uncle Jimmy and Uncle Paul can pile a plate. There is no, the it be, it's beyond plate management. Not even plate they're management. beyond plate management. We're called heaping management. <laughs> and and I have never seen gross, such total, gr- total. It is. Gross it's weight. a GW, you know, a gross <laughs> weight thing. It's GW seven thousand. <laughs> and and a lot of guys practice plate management. This is a vertical heap management. <laughs> so it's it, when they're walking. Mm-hmm. when they're walking it's a very pro, a very uh, a, a practiced steady uh, a pace because what they've got is top heavy heap see plate management once oh, you start going ma- this way yeah, yeah, of they, course, you have to be able to walk you know straight if they start to lean it's over
0: yeah whereas I can't do that. whereas plate
1: plate management you you see waiters practice plate management right. all the time they have seven plates in their hands and they can yeah. spin around Maximizing. and go through a door that's nothing that's plate management Heap management is to get the pile to a place without spilling anything, and that's an incredible thing oh. to see. Now, I would like to put you up against Jimmy and Paul in an, eating, in an eating event for which I would charge an admission, and you would have the big bib on and, and, and Jimmy and Paul have the bib on and go into an eating ritual. With the, and I'm, I'm going to take you in this, by the way, and I've seen
0: these two, and I'm taking you. I'm intrigued. I would take you because uh, well I can put away a lot and I, I can pile up a lot I do you practice you, heat management well what I do here is <clears throat> it, you can't put you can't put turkey you know when you load up on the turkey you don't right. put it all in on one and side and again of the I plate. must it's uh, stop fall off. stop right now I, I
1: I again need to reassure the great patriotic citizens of Gumption County. That when you talk about this, the the it's, gleam in your eye so is real. The joy you have is real. This is something you're fond of. All right now continue. There's no
0: there's no silly fun rookie hey. Oh, th- this he's is crazy, not funny with you. No, is it? it's not. This is a legitimate deal where <laughs> it comes Thanksgiving once a year. Right. As we all know. So and do you heap or plate management? I heap. You're a heap. Manager. I didn't know I was a heaper. I'm glad you You're a heaper. Flip turn the light on for me because uh, I thought it was just Plate management plate for me, management. but you're right. It's no, not no. plate management. Here's when
1: you practice plate management. You practice plate management at a wedding, or or at at somebody's house. You don't really know that where well. Where you have to be, where you're kind of watching yourself. You're on right. your best behavior. When you're with a family in a family environment, at a at a at an Easter, mm-hmm. a Thanksgiving, or a Christmas. It's, heap, it's heapology. And more than that. It has nothing to do with management. It's heapology. You're right. I so would, you'll heap tomorrow. Oh, 100%. Can you get it all on one plate? Are you a two-plate heap? I can. I don't want you to talk to Colin yeah. right now. I want you to talk to me. Is, it, is this Paul? Which Paul? Oh, oh, John. Hang on. Which John? Your brother, John. Just a minute. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I would put him up against Paul and Jimmy. Now, see, you're
2: missing a very critical factor here. What? Rookie might be able to go one on one with him once. Yeah. But Paul and Jimmy yeah. are going to go back maybe two, or at least two, yeah. maybe three times. That's a I'm good, out. Johnny, that's I'm a good out. point. I'm not going to be able to keep up with him. That's it. a I'm good out.
1: point. And each time, there is no reduction in the heap, is there?
2: No, absolutely I'm out of my not. League, yeah. Here's another critical factor. Yep. Jimmy and Paul there's 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 a fighting chance that throughout the afternoon they might have had a cocktail or two right a few beers right so I mean and and of course anything that would resemble an hors d'oeuvre so I mean they, they, they come prepared Johnny yeah what role does the nap play the na- the nap is almost instantaneous with dinner, and it coincides with any kind of cleanup that has to
1: be done. That's exactly right. But you know, Johnny, you've saved me some money because i was going to go with my young man here Oh, no but he doesn't have repeat he doesn't have repeat qualities
0: now no, that i, I think i feel
2: sorry for you right now yeah cuz you really misread this situation yeah here but
0: i the other thing yeah you're you're right on cuz you know what i if i went back yeah. i'd grab uh, a little bit of stuff oh, no. and a couple of slices oh, of turkey oh this repeat heaping this is repeat heaping i'm out
2: blown yeah. Dinner again. Again, a complete... It's not just a, I'll have a couple slices of turkey. No, this is the whole... another thing. FM. It's so a, all going, two so FM's inside F- 30 minutes.
0: No, yeah. no now, I'm way out.
2: you got to go back to the nap for a minute.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <The>
2: nap. Because <laughs> while everybody else is frenetically cleaning up and, you know, storing away pots that are used once a year, Right. these two are asleep, right. waking up in time to start, drinking and ready for dessert. <laughs> and that's another complete, ex- it's not just a little piece of pie no, with no. a sliver no. of whipped cream. No, it's stuff.
1: the whole deal, isn't it?
2: It's the whole thing, you know, back and forth. And uh, then while they're done, uh, they might, you know, 9, nine thirty. everybody else is long gone. They might say, you know, is there one cold beer left? <laughs> Course. Well, rookie's got a long
1: way to go. Yeah, well, you really, you really did straighten me out on that. Yeah. And it just shows a young guy like this what he needs to strive for, doesn't it? Oh. I mean, he's got many years to prepare. Many, many years of practice uh, before he would achieve this kind of uh, status. Because you're absolutely right. I had, uh, Some of those, uh, some of that dynamic had slipped my mind, but you're absolutely right. Yep. All right. All right. Yeah. So here's the deal. I'm not taking you. Uh, I'm 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 out, I'm out of it because uh, he pointed out you you stand no chance. You're too young. You don't have enough practice. Your skills aren't ready. Uh, you just haven't you just haven't done this enough.
0: No, I have to agree, and I'm not even insulted. I uh, yeah, I couldn't go back for that. I you know I have a tough enough time going. Two FM, two full meals right. here right. at uh, two, right. and then six or seven thirty or whatever it is at the, at the other. It just—I've
1: uh... seen these guys go two full heaps at the same dinner table, and uh-huh. maybe three. In their younger days, they were three full heaps. Oh
4: man, a- at the same dinner couldn't table, couldn't do it. So I bow to the champions. Speaking of heat management, it's Reavers here for the good people over at Thirty Bales Restaurant. In downtown Hopkins, yes, Todd and Tom, they are the longtime owners of that establishment, and you know what? They are giant fans of Garage Logic, and they are so thankful this holiday season for all of you GLers that have stopped in, introduced yourself, and raved online, social media, via email about the great menu and the great people that they have at Thirty Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. So here's the deal: they're on Eleventh Main Street, right there, at downtown Hopkins. They're a perfect spot. For you to check out if you're going to a stages, theater show, what have you, anywhere downtown there. They have a great menu. Their happy hour every Tuesday through Friday, obviously with the exception today of Thanksgiving, uh, from 3 to 6 p.m., a number of $5 select menu items, $5 draft beers and also their brunch every Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. It is wonderful. You can see their entire menu if you go online right now to 30bales.com. And please, when you stop in, make sure that you let them know that Reavers from the GL crew sent you in today. Hi, this is Morgan Freeman. With Thanksgiving Day and the
5: holiday season upon us, I'm asking you to eat mindfully. Avoid robotic motions of simply stuffing your face. Look here as I give you Some tips to eat mindfully around the holiday season and every day. Tip number one from Morgan Freeman. Focus on the people you're sharing your meal with. Engage in interesting conversations. Ask questions and really listen to your companions. I remember one time Andy Dufresne telling me about his Thanksgiving upbringing. He loved sharing meals with the family and he couldn't wait to get out to share them again. When asked about mine, I told him I had a tough upbringing. We were lucky if we got a can of Spam. It wasn't too good. But I digress. Tip number two. Notice how hungry you are. If you ain't hungry yet, become aware of the reasons you feel like eating anyway. If it's for social reasons, then be social for a while longer. Then go ahead and eat when you get hungry. Tip number three, decide how you want to feel when you're done eating. Stuffed and miserable? I think not. Or would you like to be comfortable and content? As Andy and I were when we were in Zewatanejo. You know, eating the right amount of food is not about being good, but feeling good. Fill your plate or order accordingly. Be smart, like Andy was before he broke out of prison. Mentally describe the table setting and the ambiance. Notice the aromas, the colors, the textures, and the presentation of the meal. We didn't get that in prison. That's why it was a tough Thanksgiving. But I no longer have to learn about that. Before eating, take a moment to be truly thankful about where your food came from, including all the people who invested their time, their effort, and talent to get it from farm to plate or from the bottom of the can to the prison kitchen. Sometime it ain't too good. Choose your food carefully by asking yourself what you want and what you need. What do you need? If you need something in prison, I can get it, but I can't help you on Thanksgiving. Don't waste your appetite on cranberry sauce shaped like a can if you don't love it. What the hell is with that anyway? That cranberry stuffed sauce shaped like a can. It's not very appetizing, especially on the bottom. The next tip. Now just put one small bite in your mouth. And in prison, you have to be careful. You only have taste buds on your tongue, so the flavors of a large bite of food are lost on your teeth if you have any left, your cheeks, and the roof of your mouth. Notice the textures and flavors of the food on your tongue, then slowly begin to chew. Breathe since flavors other than salty, sweet, and bitter, and sour, actually come from the aromas. Do me a favor and set your fork down between bites. If you begin to load your next forkful, your attention will be on the next bite, not the one you're eating now. And if you're focused on the next bite of food instead of the one you're eating, you won't stop eating until there are no more forkfuls does that make sense? The next tip is you relax, sit for a moment and let the flavors and experience linger before you take the next bite. That makes sense. Notice, as the food gently fills your stomach, pause for several minutes, and I mean pause for several minutes in the middle of eating to reconnect with your hunger and fullness levels and enjoyment of the meal. What in the Sam hell does that mean? I don't know, but it's listed as a tip here. Food is abundant this time of year. Actually, all year for many of us, unless you're in prison. Remind yourself that you can eat more later or at another meal, so there's no need to eat it all now like you're in prison and on your last meal. No, that will ruin the experience, and you are going to be way too stuffed. Now, these were some tips for mindful eating, and that's a great way to enjoy Thanksgiving and other meals while eating less. I think you'll be thankful that you did. Happy Thanksgiving from Morgan Freeman.
6: Bob? Yeah? Go ahead. Yeah, I was, uh, I was talking about your pornography stuff. You talk talking with them secretaries and that? You know, the Minnesota Supreme Court passed an ordinance that every county in the state of Minnesota has to put up 10% of their land mass for adult entertainment. We shut it down up here in O-Name, or Onamia and Mille Lacs County, but for at least a little while, to put it under more study. But I don't hear about it anywhere.
1: Each county has to provide 10% of its land mass for adult entertainment?
6: That's what they're telling us at the county meeting, I don't the county bu- commissioners.
1: I don't, I, you heard wrong. I, that no. can't be true.
6: The the Supreme Court supposed to have, supposedly passed this, and uh, we all got ordinances up here on it, and uh, you know, in Bradbury Township, and we shut it down. We fought it. We had every everybody up here was against it, but they're telling us the Minnesota Supreme Court passed this, and I had never heard anything about it before I got the letter from the county.
1: What would this have to do with the library?
6: Well, we were talking about pornography, and I've been waiting to call you over it because it's. Everybody's going after the war, and I didn't want to interrupt and start going over pornography when everybody's hoo hot over the war. You right. know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I think I do. Yeah.
6: <laughs> you know, we're up here kind of by ourselves. Uh-huh. You know, I got turkeys here in the background. I, had a, I was just hearing it and thought I had a call. It was just something that brought brought something to my attention. That... Here,
1: here, put your phone near those turkeys.
6: Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, they gobble. Yeah.
1: So you got a turkey farm.
6: No, I just got a little hobby farm up here that I support Uh, myself on, and they're uh, they're just some bug eaters. You got to have turkeys and birds around to take care of wood ticks and all kinds of little critters. I guess you do. But that's, uh, you know, we got beef and mules and everything else. I mean, that was that pornography thing really got me because I've never heard anything about it on the news and the paper or anything else, Uh, and... It's, it's really surprising because, you know, Minneapolis, the seven-county area, should already that's already done because they dealt with it. And I think St. Cloud has already dealt with it because they have adult entertainment. But there's all the other counties in Minnesota now are going to have to deal with this.
1: What's the nearest town to you? Onamia. Oh, so do they have a public library? Nope. Where do you have to go to your nearest public library? Malacca. And do you ever go to it? My wife does. Yeah. All right, but you don't think she goes there uh, behind your back just to check out the porn, do you?
6: (laughs) No, she's already read every book that's in it, so she couldn't even go in (laughs) there. She reads.
1: Yeah, well, well, good for her.
6: I'm sitting here on the steps waiting to talk to you, and I'm watching the ice go out of my creek. Oh, yeah? It's beautiful. Turkeys are here gobbling at my feet, and I'm watching the ice go out of the creek. I'm going to go out and feed here a little bit. I just wanted to—I didn't think— anybody knew about this supreme court law and i i think it's fictitious but somebody is
1: <laughs> it's happening uh-huh just a minute i'm just noting the time of this call because okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great call because i've never heard so many turkeys in the background
6: yeah i'm sorry about it they, they love people no. talking they do oh yeah are they're, they social yeah they're really irritating if you try working on something out in the garage, I just come out of the garage. You got to keep the door shut because otherwise they come
1: in there and eat all the screws and the nut and bolts. You take something apart and they'll eat it. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear me earlier talking about the guy in Japan who invented the deal for the dog? You can interpret what the dog means when it barks. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that'd be neat to have one for a turkey. Yeah, <laughs> strap it on the on the turkey. Uh, every time you take
6: something apart, if it's at anything from about half-inch down, they'll eat. I got a couple emus running around, too, and they'll eat half-inch bolts. Why would they eat a bolt? They use it to chew up their food. to put it in their gizzard like, a, like birds do. They eat anything.
1: Uh, I I did not know that a turkey or an emu would eat it would eat hardware.
6: They eat anything.
1: Huh. They'll eat
6: anything they can get in their mouth.
1: But they like to hang around the garage with you? Yeah. You can't keep them away. Now, are you retired? No. This is so. Is this your farm? Is this what you do for a living? No, I build roads. Oh, you're a road. I'm I'm, I'm laid off. Oh, okay. You work.
6: <laughs> you, you work for the state? No, I don't. I see. No, wife runs. She runs the farm here all year round. But like... I just get to come up here in winter time.
1: Oh, I get you. All right. Yeah, you know, but that's uh... seasonal. Well, Bob. Uh... Well, Bob. Thank you for that. Okay. Inf- for good luck. Thank you. Have a good day. Are right, you Here's too. the turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, turkeys. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Save that yeah, whole. Well, that gonna, was wonderful. Hang on to that. I didn't know turkeys. The guy's sitting there on his steps, and the talking turkeys are library. talking
2: to
0: him. Talking about library porn porn, and porn. And the turkeys on, are weighing in. I think you put the necklace on the turkeys, and all you're gonna hear is. Come on, come on. It's here. not going to be. Gotta, hey, master, I need I more. You know, here. food for grit or whatever it is.
1: Then he goes in the garage. He takes stuff apart, <laughs> and the turkeys eat all the hardware. They're following him around. Jeez. Well, I got that story, or Kelly got it. Mm. Unless I lost that too, uh, I'm not. Why am I losing stuff?
0: Uh, what's uh? You know, first thing to go. Well, here it is. So, you know, prep work. I think the first thing they go are the knees. Oh yeah. There you have it, folks. Your best of Garage Logic for 2019 on Thanksgiving Day. Go to garagelogic.com if you want to hear more or you missed a podcast or two and patronize those advertisers who are so loyal to Garage Logic and we'll be back with more Garage Logic podcast version next time. Tell a few friends.